Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. Greetings, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen of all shapes, sorts, and sizes. This is Josh Belcher, the host of the Uncharted Podcast. I'm not going to do a lot of yapping this week because I am eat up with COVID. Got tested for the coronavirus and I passed and failed, I guess, at the same time. Um, I've had it for about six days, going on seven when you hear this, and it has been a roller coaster ride of not feeling good not being able to breathe, being stopped up. Uh, By far, one of the most trying things I've been a part of in recent times. Uh, But without further ado, um, I'm surviving. I'm not really thriving, but I'm surviving. I'm grateful for that. Uh, I've got an awesome podcast this week, nonetheless. We have got country music superstar on the rise with a brand new single titled I'm Coming Home. Henry Conlon is on the podcast discussing his music ventures, so on and so forth. Great interview there. We've also got stand-up comedian extraordinaire, the uh, queen of comedy, in my opinion, Lunell. You might remember her from Borat 1. She's also got a spot in the brand new Coming to America 2, the Eddie Murphy sequel to the phenomenal video movie that came out in the 80s. We talk about that, her YouTube um, program, and much more. So we'll get started. Um, Thanks for uh, tuning in. Here we go. Josh Belcher, Uncharted Podcast. Henry Conlon, um, got to catch one of your shows in Nashville. Uh, Thoroughly impressed. Uh, I think you've got got the knack for it. I think it won't be long till you'll be, uh, you know, a major, major act here in Nashville. I really like your set and how you handle it. Um, Let's talk about it. What... What brought you to Nashville? I know you're from uh, New York. I, I believe we had a brief conversation. Yeah. What got, here, what got you here and made you want to become a country star? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, first off, for the, the kind words on the show. I'm glad yeah, you man. enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so I, um, I've i been, you know, playing guitar and whatnot for a while now, probably since sixth or seventh grade. Um, but I didn't really take it seriously until probably about two years ago. Um, I was sort of, you know, playing cover gigs and just kind of messing around with that and uh I don't know I got bored playing just the covers so I started to write my own stuff just to spice things up a little bit and yeah. just kind of fell in love with the whole songwriting thing so I was sort of chasing that for a while and uh sort of took that about as far as you can take you know an Americana country songwriting career while living in New York and Connecticut um I cut an album up there uh, at a place called Dirt Floor uh, Records uh, studio with a guy named Eric Lichter, who's, you know, real cool. Uh, we had James Maple and uh, Morgan Eve Swain on there as well. Um, really, really cool project. Uh, and I did that right before I moved back down or when I moved down to Nashville. Um, so I moved down here in probably june of 2019 i think right at the beginning uh so i've been down here for about a year and a half now i had about six months under my belt in this town before it all really closed down but uh you know still definitely you know cutting my teeth uh in this town and sort of getting a feel for what all that's like 
Yeah, it, it's one thing to hear about it, but to make the jump to pursue it is a whole nother, and, and kudos to you. I'm glad you did. I, there's a lot of people that do it, but I think yours will probably uh, have a good return, uh, get some dividends there. But uh, uh, Now, uh, do you go to Belmont? Are you a Belmont guy? Yeah, so I uh, I started Belmont when I moved down here. Uh, I did a, a year of college back, you know, right after high school, and it wasn't uh, wasn't quite cut out for me, or I wasn't quite cut out for it, I guess I should say. Uh, and I ended up dropping out and moving home uh, for a bit. And uh, I was working at a guitar store and uh, selling suits and, you know, doing all sorts of weird little odd jobs here and there. Um, and, uh, you know, eventually kind of came to the decision, you know, I wanted to go back. I already put a year into college. I wanted to finish my education. Um and I wanted to do it in something that made sense to me. So when I moved down here, um, I had sort of heard about Belmont, but I didn't know a ton about it. I applied to Belmont and got into their songwriting program. So I came in starting as a 23-year-old or 24-year-old sophomore, um, which was definitely interesting. You know, I'm a lot closer in age to some of my professors than I am to most of my classmates. But uh, <laughs> it's been a pretty awesome experience so far. I mean, they... Uh, it, uh, the opportunities that I'm, you know, presented with doing that education are are pretty phenomenal, and it's it's cool to sort of learn from people that have been doing this for a lot longer than I have, and to you know kind of be put in the room with some some folks that I think are really going to be making waves in this town over the next five to ten years. Um, it's nice, and they also, uh, you know, they push you outside of your uh, out of your comfort zones a lot. So you know, they put me in a room with a, a kid that writes jazz or you know, a pop star. And it's like, you know, I have to, you know, I'm very much used to kind of the sad to gritty range of country music and not so much the, you know, pop and pickup trucks kind of range of country music. So yeah. when I have to sort of figure that side of it out, it's always an interesting go. Yeah. And luckily, like you said, you're surrounded. Belmont's definitely the place to be to really hone a craft around here. Um, and speaking of music, to me, your music stylings—they're very upbeat. They're very catch. They're very catchy. They, they capture your attention. Um, how how did you come up with this style, and who influences you? How did you become? Because it seems like you're already comfortable within yourself already. You know, with such a you know such a start, I guess you could say. Where where did you gather all your collaborative? Who inspires you, and all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So right when I came down here, I was just kind of all over the place. I had lots of different sounds of, you know, I had like, you know, obviously some of the stuff that you hear today, but, you know, a lot more, you know, some pop stuff, some rock stuff. Um, but I was really kind of falling into that, uh, you know, kind of dangerous path of being a songwriter and writing only sad acoustic slow songs, which are great and I've got plenty of them, but you know, in terms of getting up on stage with a band, it can get a little boring quickly. So, you know, for the first couple of months I was in town, just sort of playing where's rounds and meeting people. I really only had that set list of those kind of slower songs. Um, when I started playing with a band, it was, you know, this is, I mean, probably three, four months ago at this point, I was like, damn, you know, I really need to kind of up the tempo and up the game on this in terms of stuff to get a, a crowd moving. Cause I played some shows with some guys that have sort of that, you know, that rock and sound. And I was like, damn, okay, I need to, I need to chase that down a little bit. So, um, you know, I got with a couple of writer f uh, friends of mine who, who do that stuff a lot more and just sort of, you know, taking pointers from them on that has been really helpful. Um, but in terms of, you know, inspiration, you know, obviously, uh, you know, with some of my stuff, you get a lot more of that, uh, you know, seventies country kind of sound, um, 
you know, like Texas country, like Guy Clark Town, Van Zant, Steve Earle kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then of, in terms of, you know, the modern stuff, I'm a, you know, a huge fan of, uh, you know, Jason Isbell, Tyler Childers, Sturgill Simpson, Coulter Wall, Ryan Bingham. Um, you know, the guys that are kind of, you know, making moves in, you know, what I, you know, what I think of as country, but what a lot of folks think of is, you know, sort of that Americana, you know, roots, indigo kind of thing. But, you know, I think it's sort of in the same way that you had, uh, you know, Willie and Waylon kind of taking it back to the roots uh, of country when Nashville said no to them back in the 70s. I think that these guys are doing that in a really cool way where, you know, Nashville has its uh, has its sounds that it's pushing right now. Uh, and these guys are, you know, doing something different and something more traditional. Um, and it's really cool to see, you know, some of those artists get the, get the recognition that I think they deserve. Um, and so, you know, those guys definitely inspire me because they are doing something that's outside of the norm, outside of the mold, um, and really taking a lot of pride in their craft as, writers and as musicians and as performers so definitely you know drawing from a lot of those guys um in terms of sound and then you know for that upbeat stuff you know i've been uh you know i've been listening to a lot of turnpike troubadours recently um i think that that kind of sound is is a you know really cool and unique sound on a unique style and it fits well with uh with what i'm chasing down right now so uh, I think probably a lot of the set that you heard the other night had, uh, you know, sort of that like Turnpike Troubadours, almost like a shuffle beat to it. Um, yeah. It's definitely something, you know, it's, you know, I'm sending them, uh, my drummer, you know, uh, some of their tracks to uh, use as a reference. And so we're getting a, we're getting a fun sound out of that, but kind of drawn from all over the place. Um, I, you know, I grew up on The Clash and Dylan and James Taylor. So we're kind of all over the board. Yeah, it's good. No, it's, it's a good mix. Like I said, I'm I'm a big fan. I really enjoyed the set. I would have been at last night's, but uh, I'm I'm sicker than a dog, as they call it, and I didn't want to spread any extra love. <laughs> Perfect. Night, yeah, stay home. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went today to get that old dreaded test, but I really think it's only a cold knock on wood. Um, let's uh, the Copperheads. Is that a is that a uh, tribute to old Steve Earle, the band name? You know what? It, so it's funny. So that uh, the band name was that was Sam Madewell's idea. Sam Madewell, my mandolin player. Um, yeah. We were just kind of hanging around and jamming before a show, and uh, he's like, "What are we calling ourselves?" I'm like, "I don't know. I hadn't really thought to name the band yet." And he said, "Well, Henry Conlon and the Copperhead Band, or Henry Conlon and the Copperheads." And I was like, "That worked great with me." Which, you know, obviously you hear Copperhead, you think Copperhead Road, um, but I have no idea how much if any intention was behind that other than that it sounds cool um, yeah, no, it's a great name yeah it goes it goes really it rolls off the tongue well yeah. yeah yeah no it's and it's fun so yeah so i've played and i'm still you know i'm figuring out the band lineup at this point because you know i played with uh you know i played my my usual setup was you know uh pat russell on bass and sam madewell on mandolin and then uh i had jesse edwards on drums and matt gay on drums and couple other folks and then uh for my show last week uh you know three of the four guys called in sick so i had to kind of shotgun the lineup and put together a brand new band so uh yeah. with that one i had mark huda on the pedal steel which i think was an awesome addition so i'm definitely trying to incorporate that more uh you know the pedal steel is such just like a beautiful and unique sound that's you know, entirely it's its own thing. You know, you can't, I mean, you get a B-Bender guitar and it sounds cool, but you really can't, you know, unless you're Clarence White, you know, you can't 
replicate the sound of a pedal steel without a pedal steel. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt at all. Um, let's talk uh, one more question for you. Like I said, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy, busy gentleman. Let's no, absolutely. Like this, yeah, let's talk about this new single, I'm Coming Home, and, and yeah. all your new music. Let's go ahead and uh, let's cover that. Yeah, so I'm Coming Home is one of those first songs that I wrote when I was living up in New York and Connecticut. Um, and it was, um, I remember I was sitting down and I was watching the Tyler Childers Our Vinyl Sessions. Um, and I just was like, damn, what a cool thing. You know, I need, I need to have stuff that's like, you know, something that's like powerful and acoustic. And I just need to like something where I can sit on a stool in the middle of a room like that and play this song and, and evoke a scenery and evoke emotion with that. Um, and that's kind of, I mean, a big part, honestly, why I set out to write that one was, uh, I couldn't at that point in time when I was playing guitar, and, you know, this is two years ago, so just to kind of gauge where I was, I couldn't play a D minor chord on a guitar. So I'm like, I'm going to write a song that's almost exclusively a D minor chord. You know, occasionally <laughs> it goes to a G, but for the most part, I'm playing the D minor. So, um, you know, I like kind of pushing myself with stuff like that. But uh, so I did that, and I wrote the song. Um, I recorded it with that guy, Eric Lichter. Um, and there's an awesome version of it that's out now. We kind of recorded it with a you know, a, a full band set up in sort of like a four on the floor kind of rock groove. Like I'm, it has very much like a, a 60s, 70s Laurel Canyon sound to it, which is awesome. Um, and when I got down to Nashville, I sort of reworked the song a little bit and made it more of that acoustic sound, um, you know, less than a band production. So uh, I got back in the studio a couple months ago with uh, Donnie Reese and Joel Jorgensen. And, um, yeah, we just we re-recorded it, just very stripped down, acoustic guitar, fiddle, uh, some really light piano chords, and some really light harmonies in the background. But for the most part, I wanted this one to be, I wanted it to showcase the sound of the acoustic guitar and the lyrics. You know, I think my vocal sounds awesome on it. On top of that, I think they did a really good job of sort of capturing that live performance. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what I really wanted is, you know, I'd been doing a lot over the summer of, you know, sitting around a campfire and playing songs with a bunch of other writers, which is such a cool experience to have. Uh, you know, you're sitting around in someone's backyard with some of the best songwriters you've ever heard. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, you know, I came in the studio and I was, you know, I was at one of those things with Joel and I was like, Joel, like, this is the sound that I want to capture. I'm like, I want it to sound when you put your headphones on, like you're sitting at a fire with me and I'm playing the this song. So, that's really kind of the, the rabbit hole that we went down with it. And, you know, we made an awesome track. But that's, uh, yes, yeah, so that's coming out next Friday, uh, December 18th. Um, and, you know, I'm really excited about that. So we got, uh, hopefully we'll get some good reviews on that and, you know, get some uh, get some good traction out of that. And we'll see from there sort of what the next project looks like. But, you know, I've probably got um, – you know, I got a hundred songs at least in the, you know, in the shoot uh, of that. You know, I'd probably, you know, be willing and able to record and release thirty or forty of them. So, I know. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm writing more at least every day. You know, you know, trying to get a, uh, a new something, whether that's a verse or even a whole song. Um, just kind of, you know, trying to always be writing. So. I have no idea what the scope of the next project is, whether it's going to be another single or an EP or an album. We're going to kind of uh, feel it out, see how this one is received and sort of decide the direction from there. But, 
yeah, we got lots of lots of cool ideas in the work, and you know, I'm definitely I'm excited to see what uh, 21 brings. I think that it's going to be a, a cool year for me in music, depending on you know the direction that we take this recording stuff. I got you. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully more people will get exposed to it, and we can get back to normal because it seems like everything is completely upside down still. It's definitely uh, it's not what it was. I mean, I think uh, one of the really cool things about this year, and you know, I think some of some of the best music I've heard in a while has come out in this past year, and I think it's just because, you know, people have turned to the arts in a way that they haven't in a really long time, and I think that artists have turned in, inwards towards their craft in a way that they haven't in a really long time, you know, looking to express emotions that they can't quite put their finger on because no one's lived this in a hundred years. So, you know, trying to figure out what's going on in the world and trying to figure out who we are and what we're doing um, you know, I think it's been some really good fodder for music. Um, and you know, the, the, the consumer, you know, the, I always, you know, joke around with people when I meet them in Nashville and, you know, the first question when you meet someone in Nashville is like, Oh, do you make music? And, you know, a lot of people just say, you know, no, I just, you know, I, I just listen. And I always say like, good, we need more of those, you know, cause <laughs> you know, I mean, if it's just a bunch of songwriters sitting around in a circle playing each other songs, you know, it's only going to go that far, but when you got people that just, you know, consume music with, you know, an intensity, it's, you know, that's what keeps this whole thing afloat. So it's, it's, you know, it's a special thing to, to, you know, be able to make music and, you know, provide, you know, that temporary unplugging and release from this, you know, wild year that we've had for some people. Yeah, you're absolutely 100% right. Uh, no better word spoken, man. I agree with you 1000%. But anyway, brother, uh, you're brilliant. I'm a huge fan. Uh, tell us how to get a hold of you on social media if anybody else wants to latch on and ride your coattails. Absolutely. Well, I'm guessing my name's probably going to be similar on here, but I'll spell it for you anyway. So uh, my name's, you know, Henry Conlon. I think it's called C-O-N-L-O-N. Uh, all my stuff is Henry Conlon Music. That's, uh, you know, Instagram, website, all the socials and whatnot on there. And then, uh, yeah, music on every streaming platform just under Henry Conlon. Um, I recently found out that I'm on Napster, so nice. if I'm on Napster, I'm definitely on whatever people are listening on, so yeah. you, you've got no excuse. Go stream it. Well, now, first of all, thank you for talking with me. Had you on my mind. Uh, watched that silly Borat movie while I was in quarantine and didn't see you in it and got a little upset and was just wanting to wonder why. <laughs> you mean Borat, too. Yeah, well, it's such a lengthy name. I don't know what all to call it. Yeah, Borat Two. No, no, no. Borat Two is not the lengthy name. The first one had the lengthy name. Really? Yeah. I thought the other one had. Oh, did it? Yeah, Yeah, might have. Oh, okay. But you were missing it, and that kind of bothered me. What's going on with that? Well, um, actually, I was supposed to be in this one. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to go fly and meet them and be in this one. And all of our paperwork was in order and remained in order for me to be in this one. But COVID happened with a couple of the um, crew, and they had to shut everything down. There was no, even though there was no, you know, uh, what was it? There was no COVID in um, uh, Romania uh-huh. where we were, went back. Uh uh, a couple of the um, crew got it, and they had to shut down production. So they had to shave some time off the film, and 
Um, I'm not mad because I prefer the first one anyway. Yeah. And I still got paid. So that's it. That's all anybody really cares about at the end of the day. That's right. That's the truth if you ever told it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's cool. And, uh, you know, when I uh, hooked up with you and and invited you on the show, you introduced me to your new program on, on YouTube, which is I watched the last episode. Looking forward to this new one. That's a great thing you're doing. Did you decide to do that because of the pandemic? Well, yeah, but somebody actually suggested it to me, even though I think I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have decided to do one by now or not, but someone, uh, my girl Flame Monroe, uh, suggested that I do it. And I was like, well, I ain't doing nothing else. And I'm locked up in here, so I started it like that. And now it's you know it's not blowing up like the little chillings he is, but I've got you know a, a decent amount of followers and um, subscribers, and I really enjoy doing it. It gives me a reason to even like take a bath, you know, because <laughs> you know we're here like who gives a shit, and yeah. so, but now it's like on Wednesdays I'll put on my makeup and put on my perfume. It's the only thing I have left to grab onto right now. Yeah. Because yeah, I know you're a you're a, a, a consummate on the stage. You're a definitely a performance lady, uh, the funniest lady in the world to me. I know. Do you, you miss doing stand up? I'm imagining you would by now. As far as absolutely. like you know, yes, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Mhm. Like, cause I mean, it just seems like everybody's kind of idle. Uh, I live here in Nashville. And, We've had a couple of shows, but, you know, we had D.L. Hughley, bless his heart. He fell over on stage out here with COVID. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, because that's where D.L. passed out at, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, see, I'm not trying to take any of those type of chances. Yeah. I also don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm suited for virtual comedy over Zoom and stuff like that because, Unless you really have a moderator, people tend to get overzealous or also anxious. They talk over each other and stuff like that. I don't do that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I really need to feel the energy of the real live people as I need them to feel my energy, too, because no matter how good you are, your material loses its punch when there's not a human in front of you to enjoy it. Mhm. Yeah, and and I I felt the same way. I've had a couple of people I've tried to watch virtually, but like you said, without being there and filming it in the moment, it's truly that's the the essence of it is is, is being there with the crowd. So. Yeah, uh, it's already bad enough that some people have had to live with no effect, and you know if they live alone or they're not involved or they're estranged from their family or whatever. Some people have to live have had to live. You know, babies die when they don't get affection and human contact. Mm-hmm. So for us not to do it, it's no wonder that people get in getting in a, a depressed mood or uncreative. And it takes a uh, you have to you have to try to figure it out. But it has to come to you because if you try to force something, it's never good. It has to come to you. You say one day I ought to do this. Or I had to do that, or I'm gonna try this or that. Then that's that's really when you can work your way through. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh, I watched the documentary not too long ago. I think it was uh, Jerry Seinfeld and a couple other cats, but they're like, you know, you can use your celebrity for about 30 seconds to get through you know, <laughs> the applause in the intro, but if you're not funny, it don't matter who you are, you're going to get caught right there, right in That's the That's absolutely right. Yeah. The, then, you, then the eye rolls come. They start <laughs> rolling their eyes and then, oh, Lord. Yeah. You don't want the eye roll. Or or the or the worst, you see the people start getting up out of their seats to go do something else. Walk walk in the room. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. You don't want to yeah. you don't want to be the one that was responsible for that. Yeah. I don't think you've ever had that problem though, have you? Yeah, I did once. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was in New York and there was this big comedy explosion thing. Uh that had about like twelve comics on it, and you know, by the time you get to the twelfth comic or tenth or eleventh, it's like late and you're tired, and everybody is not giving their best. Because the people who were there, who had to wait till that late at night to go on, they've lost some of their energy too. <laughs> so you know, I headlined one night on the show with thirteen comics. Wow. And by the time I came out, I was like, how y'all doing? They was like, yeah, it was good. Good to see you. Bye. We're out. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, yeah. So I've had that. I've never been booed, however. I have had crickets, you know. I've had crickets. Cause at, you know, doing this comedy thing is a, is a learning experience along the way. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes you have to learn how to navigate and read the audience that you're performing in front of. And I was just raw, crazy, and outrageous. And so some of the polite people, they don't boo you, but they, but, but they will, you know, sit there and look at you like you have <laughs> diarrhea or something. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, but, uh, you know, being a... Uh, it's it's truly an art form. It's it's the major one because it's just not like, you know, playing in a band. If like the bass player misses a beat, you know, they're gonna pick him up. It's just as if you there and Mike, that's all she wrote or something goes awry. I guess. Uh yeah. <laughs> what up? Speaking of the, what made me think about music is I was watching your program. You got all them records behind you, and I think that's awesome. That means you're like a connoisseur of music. Like, what are you listening to right now? What are you What are you vibing on as far as your music, your preferences? Well, actually, most of the records belong to my manager and um, producer and best friend William Lee, who's here in the building right now. Most yeah. of these are his. I do have some at home. But the ones I have are old school open and um, comedy. Like I have um, Flip Wilson and I have Lawrence Mabley and Rudy Ray Moore and Bill Cosby and um, Richard Pryor. And 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 then I have music by, you know, like Al Green. Or I only really have about 15 albums to my collection because over the years I've lost them, but not, but not Bill. So Bill, what do you what have you been playing lately? Yeah, I've been playing new shit. Her. <laughs> her. Are you familiar with her? Uh, a little bit. I've heard a little bit of her, but yeah, that's all the rage. I'm, uh, yeah, LMA and stuff. You know, yeah. but it's also a cultural thing. 
you know, yeah. uh, it, it, it's also a coastal thing. Because people in Miami are listening to stuff that we don't listen to, you know? Yeah. And I, uh, I uh, been listening to, I, I went to St. Louis not too long ago, which, uh, congratulations, you're getting like a Red Fox Award, aren't you? Yes, I already got it, and they're going to do a, like a walk of fame out there and put me on the walk of fame in St. Louis, and I think that's so amazing. That I is. can't even tell you. It's so cool because Red Fox was so brilliant. I got a couple of his records, and just the way he could work a room and just make you feel like you're his best friend when he was talking to you. Absolutely. I would rather be, you know, honored with the Red Fox Award than the, like, you know, Little Baby Award. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I thought that was too cool. But, um, you know, I went there, and I went and sat on Chuck Berry's front porch where he got started and wrote all of his beginning songs. And, because of that, I've been on a Chuck Berry kick I, every time I get okay. a record. Yeah, he's he's been doing it for me. But uh, I'm a you know I'm a musician here in Nashville. Got to love it. I've also been uh, learning how to play bass. And do you remember that song? You got to be real. Boom, 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 one of the coolest bass legs. I uh, I've been I've been working on it. It's making my fingers bleed, but I'm about halfway through it. <laughs> no pain, no gain. That's it. That's right. Well, uh, <laughs> well, with COVID being the way it is, you know, obviously this pandemic. What are your Christmas plans? Did you seem like you'd be very lively during the holidays? I know you had that Christmas movie not too long ago. Are you gonna be doing anything, or kind of being, you know, in solitude or whatever? Unfortunately, but fortunately, I'm going to be in solitude. I think that Christmas for the first time might be just my daughter and myself, which could yeah. be, you know, real therapeutic, or it could be a shit show that we're going <laughs> to pray about it. But um, normally, I am the girl that feeds my friends. You know, I'm the one who makes the $400 pot of gumbo. I'm the one who will, right. um, you know... Have people spend the night if they get drunk. Under you know, I was I was that. I do not normally have an open door policy at all. But during <laughs> the holidays, I have an open door policy. If you come by, and and when I was really banging, you know, I had like the hot, like I I have a fireplace, it's fake, but you know, I I would have nuts on the table and candy and stuff like that, and maybe even cookies sometimes. Uh, because that's you know the chick that I was, and yeah. and and it seemed like fun, but you know in this day and age, you're doing this stuff with a little bit of depression behind it. Yeah. Like, doggone it, you know I can't see my mom, I can't see my dad, you know, and and then you have to take it with a grain of salt too. You know what? If you're willing to risk it, which if you, they used to say if you're gonna pray, don't worry. If you're going to worry, don't pray. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> if you ride with the Lord like I do, even though I'm crazy and inappropriate and all that stuff, you know, the Lord protected babies and fools. That's the book that I read. Yeah. And um, so I I just have to have faith in the Lord that he will protect me no matter where I have to go or what I have to do. But I'm not taking any extra, um, you know, situations at all. Mm-hmm. 
Well, uh, you know, the the Lord I believe in is the same as yours. I mean, the, his disciples, they were some ruthless folks. I mean, I couldn't imagine. They sure were. They were haters. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine he looked down on you too much. I, I think it's all the joy you bring. I think he'd be all right with you. For example, uh, <laughs> for example, I went to a uh, – right before the pandemic took over, I went to a comedy show that was held at a church, you know, trying to show some support. One of my friends is like one yeah. of these crack, Cracker Barrel-type comedians. <laughs> well, you know, like, you know, just that cheesy stuff. I mean, it's his niche, and he's he's good at it. And when I got there, it was summertime, so I had on some shorts, you know. I was showing my support. I had on a nice button-down, and, you know, him and some of his friends were kind of ragging me like – how you gonna come in here like that? I was like, well, look at this poster of Jesus. He's got on the evening gown and flip flops. You know what I mean? Uh-uh. No, you didn't. Yeah, how you gonna come in the evening gown? <laughs> well, you know all the pictures you, you know, see, man. Now, see, I'm not gonna stand next to you. <laughs> no, uh-huh, because they're gonna strike you down. <laughs> well, it's the truth. You know that big picture of him. He's got on that nice flowing deal, and his hair is all, you know, he's beard, bushy beard, and you know. So why, what's wrong with my shorts? Because he was black. That's why. That's it. You gotta love him. That's Whatever he is, he he's my homeboy. I'm riding with him. I'm no car- I'm no caring like that when you're talking about on the show. We gotta tell Ed Wyman that Jesus is my homeboy. That's it. We got a we got a comedian friend who wrote a song song called Jesus is my homeboy. Ed Wyman, Ed <laughs> no, Jesus is my homie. Jesus, yeah, that's, that's what it. Jesus is my homie. Yeah. He's good. Whatever. He's he's a good cat. He's been good to me. Let's. Uh, <clears throat> are we allowed to talk about coming to America too? I know March is the date. March fifth, to be exact. Yes, I'm so excited. Released on Amazon Prime. Uh huh. And yes, we can talk about it to an extent. What do you want to know? Well, first of all, let me just comment. I was, you know, I was watching your Hey Lunell there, your YouTube channel, and you were talking about how Nirvana's trap music for white people. I have a Nirvana tattoo. <laughs> Figures. <laughs> yeah, and it just made me laugh. But <clears throat> just anything you wanted to share, I'm so excited you're in it. Are you like, uh, are you a member of the Zamunda? Are you like a princess, or what? What do they got you doing? Can you talk to me about that? Well, in real life, yes, I am a princess. Thank you for recognizing. <laughs> yeah, but um. I'm not a princess, but I am a relative nice. of the uh, future king of Zamunda. All right. And um, I think that, you know, as um, – I just want to – listen, it's really, really fun. It's a really fun movie. It's nostalgic. It's fun. The fact that you can make a movie 30 years later – I have 99.9% of the cast still alive and looking good and original. Uh-huh. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, James Earl John, what a thrill it would be to work with him. I know. Oh, man. Uh, the only two that I remember was probably missing was the mother has passed and then the the, the dad, the, the, the McDowell's guy. Uh, he He's a very acclaimed actor. I can't remember his name right now. Who, John Amos? Yeah, that's John. Didn't he pass away? No, he's in the damn movie. Oh, baby. that's good. I thought he had passed away. The only, no, the only one who passed away is a Matt Sinclair, who did play Prince Akeem's mother. Yeah, fantastic. I, I mean, but they it, show her and they refer to her. That's perfect. That's perfect. So there's wait. a lot of reference back to the original movie. It's really nostalgic. It's really great. It's really great movie. It's really fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because, of course, you know. Uh, Eddie's fresh off that, um, you know, uh, Dolomite, which is fantastic for both of us. Which, which I'm in. 
Yes, you did fantastic. I always love finding you in movies like, especially random ones like when I'm watching A Star Is Born and there's Lunell. <laughs> I know people yeah. just you know you'd have to be a rabid fan to keep up with the the things I I I end up end up being in. It's just through the grace of God because you know I I met Bradley Cooper on the set of a movie that I auditioned for called uh, All About Steve. It was a Sandra Bullock movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all met at that time, Ken Jung and Bradley Cooper and myself. We all met uh, on that set, and then all the, and and then Bradley I, and I have seen each other at various functions in Hollywood. He's always like, "How are you? How is your daughter?" I met his parents. I gave him. A parting gift when I left the set. He's just the greatest gentleman. I think that Bradley looks like a young Paul Newman. Nobody ever makes that comparison, but I think Bradley Cooper looks just just like a young Paul Newman. No, that's Matthew McConaughey. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a little high. Don't 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 blame me. That's all so, good. So so um, he was really great, and for him to reach the heights of his career. And to reach back and even throw me a little bone, you know, is 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 a wonderful thing. No, it's not the biggest part in the world, but I'm there, and you see me. Yeah. At the dance, doing your thing at the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was proud for it. Like I said, I've been a fan a while. Uh, I, I first discovered, like I said, you know, Borat, and then watched you tear it up on that Cat Williams special, and I've been faithful ever since. But every time I see you, it's always in a great part. It's like a surprise. It's like you least expect it, and there you'll be. And I like to call you out. It's like almost like finding the golden egg at Easter time. <laughs> That's the greatest thing ever for you to say to me. Thank you so much. And I do, I pop up. I pop up. People are like, what? You know, they never hear what I say because they're too busy laughing and screaming. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, like that. Yeah, they have to watch it like years later by themselves. That's it. It, it was a great movie, but I was so proud that he was in there. It was really good. It's sad, like it's the last movie I've teared up watching in a while. You know, they're towards the end. So. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, I don't even like to talk about that part. Oh my god. We'll keep that on the down low. <laughs> don't nobody have to. No, I'm just kidding. Let I me tell say. you. So let me tell you about me in Nashville. Okay. For sure. So, first of all, I was a big fan of the show, Nashville, uh-huh. for Connie Britton and everything. And the, one of the last times I was there, I had a driver, and I asked the driver, do you know where Connie Britton lives? And the driver did. I said, can you take me by her house? And I got to go <laughs> up in that little cul-de-sac where Connie Britton lived in a big old nice ranchy style house. I saw that. Then I went and got some, what was that, hot, hot? Hey, bees, hot, hot chicken. chicken. Yeah. Yeah, went and got some of that hot chicken and, you know, looked around at the property and the houses out there and stuff. And plus, my manager loves Nashville. He's a songwriter and he knows that Nashville is a, a market that people are fucking sleeping on that has big money just waiting for you. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and plus, you know, the people are nice. There's racists everywhere. But, you know, uh, you can fall into the rabbit hole, or you can just shut them down with love. That's it. That's all you got to do. 
that's like with me. I, I don't, you know, and a lot of people say it, but I don't see color. I just see assholes. You know, you're either nice or you're not. <laughs> you're either nice or you're not. That's it. You gotta gotta love everybody. I, I've uh, I've uh, been blessed enough to been in a household that was full of love and, and, and you know everybody just wants to be loved and respected. If you can fall that's in line right. with that, everybody's gonna be fine. And you want the best for your kids, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, you want them to do better than you do. Or yeah, I, 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 yeah, that's that's already happened. That's backfired. I just need them to do as well as I did. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> not not me. I think mine are gonna one up. They already know how to read and write and spell and all that, so they're doing good. Uh, yeah. Well, I can't wait for you to get back to Nashville. My mother adores you. You know, I've interviewed you before in several outfits. Yeah. Yeah. She is um Hi Mama. To... Hi Mama. Yeah. <laughs> now. Mama. Yeah. Hi. I, she uh I uh I'm gonna have to bring her to see you at a show next time you come around. Uh, she, don't you uh, she and don't me. you dare bring her to see me. The the stuff I got to say now <laughs> no. Nope. No. <laughs> I'll send her some flowers and something because I'm going to be going in on what has happened during this quarantine, baby. Oh, I know it. <laughs> it's yeah, a anybody, any, com, any comic that goes into this pandemic and comes out the same is a hack because yeah. there is so much material just all around you, everything, every day. Yeah, absolutely. And you got a lot of creative outlets because you really don't have no, nothing much to do. But, um, well, let me ask you this: uh, With a person as open and honest as you are in your comedy styling, how do you feel about all this? You know, this cancel culture and people getting offended so easily. I mean, how how are you adapting to that, or or or, or what what are you doing to to detour that or deal with it or whatever? Well, I gotta say that at times it can be pressure, but it's only pressure if you read it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't read, can't nobody cyber bully you if you don't read the shit. Yeah. And if you know that you did something that's going to be controversial, just don't read it. Um, I I I have been I have fallen victim and and probably will again uh, of being, you know, under the gun and you know getting a lot of hate and stuff like that. But then you you go and you you look at some of these people's profile. They got like two followers and they got one picture and it's of a wolf or some shit like that. I'm like, Rich, you don't even matter. So when you find out that they don't matter, it's easier to move on. But it takes a while. And the young folks really put a lot of stake in what people on the Internet say. Older folks be like, I give a shit. I'm more interested in what the Soul Train uh, era has to say and what the Motown era has to say. I give a shit. I don't follow Meek Mill. He don't follow me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's well put. Well, one more question. I appreciate you being generous with your time. How, how are your knees? Didn't you have like a major knee surgery? How are you handling all that? I have knee surgery, knee replacement surgery on one knee. I'm hoping to go back by February and have it on the other knee. And I would urge anybody who has the insurance and has the time to please, if you are in pain, and you're on them pills and stuff, you don't have to be. Go and get fixed, you know? What do you care about what your knees look like right now? I have never got a man get with me because he thought I had cute knees. <laughs> Who cares, yeah. you know? And it's all about your pain level. You know, why are we suffering? Why? Especially those of us that are lucky enough to have insurance. Mm-hmm. 
No, I hear you. Well put. But, yeah, and I've never looked at a woman and thought knees first. You know, I don't go for Never. Knees, <laughs> I can, that's why women with prosthetic legs and stuff still get married now, babies. <laughs> that's men with a pirate fetish. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah, I'm, getting I'm getting this other one done for sure. Well, that's good. I'm glad it's working out for you. Well, Linnell, God bless you. It was a thrill speaking with you. Uh, safe travels, and, and uh, I, I will come see you, but I won't bring Mom if you tell me not to. So. No, I don't think Mama needs to go through this. I might, you know, we're close to the edge. We don't want to push her because she's close to the edge. You That's know? it. That's it. And I got a lot to say, and I'm not pulling no punches or holding back or anything because normally I just say what everybody else wanted to say anyway. Yeah. Well, she's got a defibrillator if it came to that, but I'll. I'll yeah, yeah, don't, no, yeah, no, yeah. don't. That wraps up another amazing, phenomenal, super-de-duper fun experience that is known as the Uncharted Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Belcher. Special thanks to my awesome all-star guests, Henry Conlon and Lunell, the comedian, funniest lady I have ever known. Thank you for gracing the podcast with your time and efforts. It is sincerely appreciated. First and foremost, I want to thank you, the listeners, because without you, there's nothing, no point in doing this. Thank you so, so much. If you know anybody you think would be a great guest, have them hit me up, joshbelcher at hotmail.com. I'd love to get to know about them, talk with them, hear their experiences, share their journeys. I want you to have a great week. Hopefully, you'll be safe from the COVID-19 infection because it is a pain in the buttocks. Uh, I am on the rise, but like I said, slowly but surely, it is definitely a tedious battle, but hopefully I'll come out clean on the other side because this crap is no fun. I want you to have a great week. I want you to be happy and healthy. Be good. Get ready for Santa Claus or the menorah or Kwanzaa or whatever you celebrate uh, within your confines of your household, faith, beliefs, religions. Whatever you got going on. I believe in old Santa. He ain't brought me anything in about 28 years. But I like the guy. Uh, He's done good things uh, for me. So happy holidays. Merry Christmas. God be with you. God bless you. I love you. Stay safe. uh, COVID free. And remember as always, I do love you for you and where you're at in life. This is Josh Belcher signing off. Uh, Go ahead and uh, probably take a week off for the old... uh, Uh, Christmas holiday vacation, but we'll be back stronger than ever, ready to ring in the new year and another season of this podcast that I love so very much. So take care of yourselves. We'll catch you later down the line. All right. Adios amigos y muchachos.